So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of So There. I'm Gary Doyle. And I'm Tom Karamitis. The master producer. It's been two months since we last joined you all. It seems to we, the, the 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 gaps between episodes are growing. I hate to say it. Is that the beginning of the death rattle of the pod? I don't think so. I think we're building anticipation. And I think we'll, it's a clever ploy to build anticipation. You know, we're all so overwhelmed in content that we want people to to eagerly anticipate our next pod. And we're also working. Uh, we're working across the increasing number of valleys in our careers. <laughs> Where wow. are the peaks? You went, you went right there. Right I went right away. to a dark place. Went, <laughs> I, wow! I didn't know that this would take that dark of a turn. However truthful it may be. So, what do you got today, Tom? Well, you know, uh, we talked once before about um, about Liberty Mutual, and we oh, talked. Yeah. We talked about how they had pr- they had come up with this jingle where they say their name four or five times in a row, as perhaps it was like a joke out of frustration. Like just just give the client their name over and over again. That'll be our jingle. Let's just get them off our backs, and they bought it. Liberty, 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 liberty. That, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that that actually I'm not going to name his name, but back in the old um, Leo Burnett days when I was here. Um, and and uh, and Burnett was working on McDonald's. The client there was a there was a bacon there was a bacon cheeseburger ad, and 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 the and they showed them the work, and the client said, you know, I I wish that it had just more you know more bacon, and so the creative wrote a jingle where every word was bacon. It was it sounded like this. Bacon, 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 bacon. Do you like bacon? Try McDonald's new. I swear to God. And I think they might have made it. I think he might have showed it to them as a joke and they actually produced it. Do you understand the, uh, do you understand the, 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 the obsession some people have with bacon? I, I, I don't. I can, oh, yeah. You do? Oh, I love bacon. I mean, bacon in donuts and stuff? That, oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Some yeah. people, I've seen it. Some people go, go weak in the knees over bacon. It, yeah, you're not one of those people? No, that's fine. It's the equivalent of, you know, salt and pepper or what? Cl- chives or whatever. Salt you know. and pepper. Yeah, just, you know, it's, it's, it's there. Occasionally, I'll use it. Okay. It's not something I dream about or want to put in my donut. Okay, you're a weirdo. Thank you. So, you know, the people, this is what I envisioned about the, the latest work from, from Liberty Mutual. I think the people at the agency who work on Liberty Mutual refer to the company as LIMU, right? Liberty Mutual, L-I-M-U. They do? You know this? No, I'm just, I'm speculating as part of my thing here, right? That they refer to, oh, are you working on Limu? Oh, yeah, I've been moved on to Limu, you know? Oh, wow, you're on Limu. Great, welcome. 
So the people who work on that started to throw around that Li Mu moniker around the agency. This is my speculation. Okay. And from that came the Limu Emu. Oh. Right? Because I don't think anybody outside that building would have ever thought of Liberty Mutual as Limu or made that connection. Wait, is there an Emu in their ad? Yeah, have you seen it? They've got some no. like 70s style crime fighter, guy with glasses and a 70s style haircut, and he's got an Emu as his sidekick. You haven't seen these spots? No. All right. I think the idea was funnier on paper than an execution. They're, they're, they're okay, but they're just it's, it's kind of strange. It just seemed like a, a real desperate attempt to kind of be noticed. The Limu Emu. And, and which brings up another question I have for you, Gary Doyle, master linguist. Yeah. Is it Emu or Emu? I, I don't know. I'm surprised that given Liberty Mutual's obsession with branding... Like, as you said, as I think we've talked about in the pod, in those commercials standing in front of the Statue of Liberty <laughs> and then that. talking about Liberty Mutual <laughs> is not enough. They had to say Liberty, Liberty, Liberty and sing that at the end. That I thought where you were going was that the lemu, they'd create a animal called a lemu. Oh, like a lemur or something? Yeah, yeah like yeah. a lemur, only a lemu, the Liberty Mutual lemu. Yeah, no. Liberty Mutual's ad agency... You're welcome. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so that's a good segue to something I would like to talk today, and that is advertising tropes. Do you know what a trope is? No. You do, though, right? A trope is a, a habit, a mannerism, a a thing that people like to do, a trope, a, uh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Affect. A, a, a uh, yeah, a, a device, uh, yeah. All right, so a few that I'd like to talk about, and <laughs> admittedly we might have talked about some of these in the pod already, but, you know, I forget, right? Now I know one, one that we have is the tell them such and such sent you. So they'll have the product message, and then at the end they'll say, tell them so-and-so sent you. And I think the one we talked about is when Mike Singletary used to do ads for, was it for an auto dealer? The Bear Great Mike Singletary? Was it? It wasn't MotorWorks of Barrington. No. Maybe. It doesn't matter. Okay. But at the end he would go, tell them Mike Singletary sent you. And it just made me wonder, who, who walks into an auto dealer... And the salesman walks up and says, how can I help you? Who walks in and says, you know, Mike Singletary sent me? Just wanted you to know that. Do you think anybody actually ever does that? You think there's one guy a day who walks into the uh, the dealership, thinks he's going to get a big laugh or some kind of recognition from the sales force? I don't know what the point of it is. Yeah. Um, oh, well, we're going to extend you a special 25% <laughs> discount on the, down price, down, on the down payment. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um... I'm here because of Mike Singletary. <laughs> so um, that's a trope. Another one is, all right, this happens to be another auto industry advertising, or man, it's not just autos, another trope. When you say, when you hear the person say, we will not be undersold. We will not be undersold. Now, when you hear that, 
you're trained to think, oh, they have the lowest prices. They will not be undersold. But when you actually break it down and think about it literally, that means that we will not have anybody selling less than we do, right? We will not be undersold. So if we're, if we're going to sell 10,000 cars this month, nobody will sell any less than us. So it's a misuse of the word undersold, you're saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We will not be undersold. It, it makes no sense if you think about it. I have a trope I'd like to throw in. Is this a, you have, so you have, do know what the word trope? Well, now I do. Means. You've taught me trope. You've you've you know you taught me how to fish. What's that trope? Well, maybe this is a maybe you tell me if this is a trope or not. But I, I it was very big for a while. I haven't seen as many of these spots lately. But um, the uh, the irritating trend lately, uh, advertisers using pompous poems. Oh, commercials yeah. started out with the Levi's Go Forth campaign a few right. years ago, but then fairly recently, Volvo had a spot where a guy was was reciting a poem called "Follow No One." It was an E. E. Cummings poem, yeah, and trying to elevate the brand to kind of these 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 kind of aristocratic, pompous kind of levels. Yes, yes. Maya Angelou has had poems used in ads. Um, Dodge had that Martin Luther King. Yes. Uh, in the Super Bowl, um, there was a there was also I believe in the same Super Bowl, an ad I think it was for a cruise line, that used a John F. Kennedy speech, about the water. Was it this most recent Super Bowl? I don't think so. I think it was a couple. Because this most recent Super Bowl was the robot Super Bowl, if I recall. There were like everybody was doing robots. Right, robots. And okay. I, and and I like robots. I, had, I who had doesn't a, like robots? I had a partner once who at CK who every time we'd have a new project, he'd have a robot idea. One of his ideas would involve robots. I'm not kidding. And some of them were really good. But you could count on him saying, you know, is there a way we could... Um, and I'd go, do a robot. <laughs> uh, also, the uh, If God Made a Farmer, Paul Harvey, yeah. using that speech. From, yeah. yeah, so lots of those. Um, the last trope that I would say, and I've noticed this a lot lately, is advertisers who use an adjective and turn it into a noun. It's an adjective, but they make it a noun. Let me give an example. NBA, where amazing happens, right? Amazing's an adjective, but it's where amazing happens. Uh, Illinois tourism, actually. Are you up for amazing? <laughs> Both using the word amazing. Thank you, Illinois tourism. Are you up for amazing? Uh, Xfinity, this is one of the most laughable taglines actually out there. Not because it uses uh, an adjective as a noun, but the future of awesome. <laughs> if you're an Xfinity customer, just think that begs ridicule. Um, and uh, rethink possible, AT&T. So this is a, a trope where you take that adjective and make it a noun. The future of awesome. And isn't Rethink Possible just a rip-off of Think Different? Yeah, I, yeah. Know, I guess it is. Yeah. You know, you mentioned uh, state tourism com uh, commercials. Th that's an area that you should be able to do decent work. But there are, usually state tourism commercials are awful. And, and I know one that is probably one that's irritating you because you don't like the spokesperson. But I'm enjoying the, the, the Wisconsin tourism commercials with yeah. Donald Driver. I've not seen the one with Donald Driver. First down! <laughs> Four-yard gain. First down! Um, 
I, I've seen the Wisconsin campaign. No, it's fun. It's it captures Wisconsin. It's cheery, and they've got fish boils and beer gardens, and it captures Wisconsin. And I like that. I haven't seen the Donald Driver ad. So there. I'd like to bring things down a little bit to our usual base level uh, and talk Great. about spitting. Oh yeah. All right. My first exposure really to spitting when I was, was, was when I was in high school and I was on the track team and we used to run and the, the coach used to always talk to us and say that we had to spit to rid our bodies of lactic acid that would build up when you were running. I never really knew if the lactic acid thing was a myth or not, but I, I just remember at that point being struck with, okay, it's okay to spit, you know. Guys seem to spit in the street. Yeah, you know that's a Chicago you, thing. I feel I don't know spitting uh, on the street. New York's New Yorkers are, are spitters too. Oh, okay, all right. But I would say I don't really understand. Is it attitude or expectoration? What is? I don't understand why so many people spit. Yeah, I think it's. Um, it depends on the spitter. Sometimes it is attitude. You can tell by how they do it. There's body language in it, and there's expressiveness. Right? You can tell. And sometimes it is just elimination. But yeah. I used to have a gap between two of my front teeth, and it was, it was great for projectile spitting. You could really compress the saliva between the teeth, and really, it was like those guys who shoot watermelon seeds out of their mouths. I've got a gap between my front teeth, and what I do sometimes is not spit between my gap, but I'll drink a little bit of water and then do a stream. Yeah. Out of my between my front teeth. Oh yeah, a little fountain. A little a little stream, a little fountain. Yeah, you could probably yeah, do like for one the of those for the surprise and delight of the children of every of the children <laughs> and everybody around me. It's like it's like in Vegas, you know, those those like water shows, those fountain shows. Yeah, it's Gary Doyle flat on his back, kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> so there. <laughs> All right, I would like to talk about something I call store humiliations. This occurred to me when I was uh, on vacation recently in Florida. I went with my bride, Lisa, to Florida, uh, which, by the way, southern Florida, not ideal for mid-July, let me just say, um, but went to Florida and and uh, and and one day in Florida, we decided to go to an outlet mall. You know, and I went to a, we always go to this outlet mall because it's like five minutes from where we're staying, and we go there and you know hit some stores. And it occurred to me. So first of all, all, outlet malls in general are humiliating because you realize when you're there that you're one of these people that shops at an outlet mall. You look around at everybody else, the kind of people that shop at these, you know, which are not the best of humanity, if you know what I'm saying. They're not the best or the fittest, right? Or the brightest. And then you walk around and you realize, I'm one of them, right? But the ultimate humiliation comes when you, when you walk into, let's say you walk into a Gap outlet, right? And you're wearing Gap Outlet clothes already, <laughs> right? And you walk in, and you know you know that those salespeople look at you going, "Yeah, you're a Gap Outlet shopper, you loser." 
<laughs> you think, do you, but do you really think the, uh, the the salespeople at the outlet mall are passing judgment on other people? I don't know. I find it I find it humiliating that that they're looking at me and going, "Oh yeah, here comes one of our kind." Yep. Now I've got to ask you though, because I, I I'm not really tracking as well with this because. I thought an outlet mall was just a, a, a series or a collection of stores where they sell their overstock merchandise or, and it was a place to get a good deal. That's the old concept of outlet malls. Outlet malls used to be damaged, overstock, you know, but still be really good clothes. Now they make clothes for outlet malls and they're lower quality. They're made specifically for, for outlet, outlet malls. Oh. So it's the lower quality version of Banana Republic. It's the lower quality version of the Gap. And you can tell, you know it when you shop. So, you know, the clothes are low rent and so are you. When you walk in the store, that's what occurs to me. I'm low rent. So if I went into a Rolex outlet store, <laughs> I'd be getting a lower quality Rolex? I wouldn't be getting a real Rolex, you think? Let me just say that there is no Rolex outlet in the Ellington outlets in Sarasota, Florida. You know what I'm saying? So you're not in a position to comment on the Rolex. You know what there is? There's a Crocs outlet, right? There's a Crocs outlet. There is a, like a fossil watch outlet, but Rolex, no. All right. Well, then is is that the same thing as like Nordstrom Rack? Is that? No, no. Because Nordstrom, I, th I believe Nordstrom is overstock and stuff that didn't sell and stuff from last season and, right? So if you can if you can accept that trade off, then it's still good quality Nordstrom clothes. All right, so that's one humiliation. I'd like to talk about another. So this occurred to me. I was at a Costco, right? And a humiliating experience is to you walk into the Costco and they have all those people handing out food. And when you go there, especially if you happen to go there like at lunchtime, there's big lines for like five or six people just milling around and standing there and waiting for your little piece of bread or pizza and and the deepest form of humiliation in a store one of the deepest is to be waiting there for them to serve you their food so you're just standing there you know and they're kind of bringing it out of the oven and they're slicing it up into little squares and you're just standing there and then they finally put it out and you take it and you walk away but just waiting for the food in the free samples in the Costco is humiliating. Yeah. It's not humiliating just to walk by and take it. But if you're actually waiting for three or four minutes, that is just... Because I think it's it, the feeling you get is these people purposely didn't eat at home. <laughs> That's part of the routine is they're, they're getting lunch at Costco and they're not getting a lunch at the food court. They're getting the free lunch at the end of each of the end caps. I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. I tend to um, to sigh loudly as I try to push my cart past where they they're all kind of you do up. Yeah, you, wow. know, you know. So these people actively annoy you. Yes. Uh, to break it down a little bit further, let me just say that the person who shops at Costco, unlike outlet malls, is not low rent. Right. A lot of high income people shop at Costco. However, a lot of the people that wait in line at the Costco for the Free sample, they are the kind of people that shop at outlet malls. Uh, yes. Right? That's the delineation uh, if you're in a Costco. It's like the, the greater populace, not necessarily. The people that wait in line for the, uh, for the cheese bread cube, yeah, outlet shoppers. Costco uh, has good prices on premium goods. 
Whoa, that sounds like a tagline. Well, I mean, as opposed, you're not going to go to Costco. Good prices on premium goods. You're not going to go to Costco to find, you know, the cheapest price you can on a vacuum. You're going to find a really good price on a Dyson. You know, that's that's part of uh, my frustration occasionally with Costco. Yeah. You know, Costco is good for meat. It's pretty cheap meat. You got that? So there, listeners, meat. So, you know, we've got a lot of mail stacking up. Oh, my gosh. So much mail. And it's really good that our server is Yahoo, which is the most sophisticated email service there is. So there at Yahoo.com. So for those of you who've been sending mail and wishing we would talk about it, episode 23, which may be sooner than you think. Yes. Yes. Perhaps much sooner. So, hang on, America, hang on. Until the next episode of So So There! There!